0: Thank you. Yes, sir. thank you, thank you, yes. Sir. Father, we thank you that you are holy. There is none like you. Father, we choose to worship you. Father, we know that the elders in heaven worship you. Father, they can see you. Father, although we can't see you with a natural eye, we see you with our hearts. And you alone, Father, are worthy to be worshipped. Father, we bow our knees to you just as they do in heaven, Father. We bow our knees to you now in the earth. As they worship you with all that they have, Father, in heaven, we choose to worship you with all that we have here in the earth. Father, they can see your glory. We can live in your glory here in the earth. Father, you declare that you desire for us to have days of heaven upon the earth. So, Father, we worship you, the Almighty God. We worship you, Father, the everlasting. We worship you, Father, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Father. You are holy. And, Father, you raised us up together with you and declared and instructed us to be holy even as you are holy. Father, that's not possible without you. But, Father, with you in us, we have the ability to be holy. So, Father, we worship you. We thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Father, our hearts and spirits are refreshed. You. And Father, we want to declare to the whole world the testimony that God is alive, that He lives on the inside of us, and that He is holy, and that He's free from sickness and disease, and He loves the people of the earth. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your presence, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, Father. Father, we thank you that even in your word, you call them tender mercies, Father, over all your works. Father, we thank you that we get to experience your tender mercies in our lives each and every day. Thank you, and Father, we just declare in our hearts, Father, with our mouths, that we will be all that you want us to be. We will do all that you want us to do. Father. We will go everywhere you want us to go. Thank you. We will show, Father, the world your goodness. And we will show, Father, your mercy to you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For goodness, Father, and mercy. Father, you said that goodness and mercy would follow us all the days of our life. Father, someday we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Father, we just want to thank you for being good to us. Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, if you didn't know he was holy after a song like that, we might have to have a conversation after the service. Amen. But he is holy. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Of course, we want to welcome Pastor Edwin Anderson from Florida with us today. He's going to uh, be here with us for healing school. And, um, you know, uh, of course, I I haven't told him a story, but I remember, you know, long before I was a pastor, I believed in healing. I mean, ever since, you know, when I got saved and the first person told me that God wants to heal me, I just assumed, well, okay, that sounds like a good God. That's what a good God would do. And so I've always believed in healing. Uh, but it it was uh, when I became a pastor, uh, you yeah, know, I've always obtained healing for myself, no problem, you know. Uh, but, you know, then I started having to lay hands on people. And, and you know, it was a little bit odd because, I, well, I know I believe in healing, but I don't know if they believe in healing, you know. And, and so you had to but I remember Brother Hagan said, you know, every time that he lays hands on people, he always believes for, for 100% healing. I thought, well, that could do that. You know, I don't have to know where they're at. I just have to know where I'm at. Uh, and so it really helped a lot. Just that one phrase, you know, helped, made it a lot easier praying. Because, you know, I want, I want to bless people. I want people to be healed. But, uh, you know, that, that uh, not really doubt, but just, well, I don't know where they're at, you know. But I know where I'm at. And so uh, we'll get the job done. Amen. Well, let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Edwin Anderson. Come ahead, Pastor. Have the service.
1: praise the Lord hallelujah thank you Lord for your goodness and mercy thank you Lord that we are redeemed Jesus purchased our freedom from all of the curse of sin and all of its consequences all of its judgments has been born and we've been delivered thank God thank God thank God thank God God. It's nothing for us to do but believe it. And we do, Father. We believe what you've done. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, the Lord is good. His presence is wonderful. Amen. There's nothing like the presence of God. I'm kind of a junkie for the presence of God. I just love it, you know. Just got to have this thing, this fix, you know, satisfied over and over and over again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to uh, uh, direct your attention to a couple of of uh, scriptures. Let me turn my little timer on here so I don't. That's not it. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, you want to know where, probably. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. You know, if you've been... In prayer school, or in this case, healing school, you know, for eight years, you've learned some things about healing. (laughs) Amen. And heard some things, and you've been well taught. In uh, the third chapter of Philippians, Paul was writing to the church there, and he said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious. I think some translations said troublesome, Uh, Most modern translations, there's there's a lot of ways that word is translated, but most, I I would say this, one of the more frequent ways that this word is translated in modern translations is tedious. And, and excuse me, tedious is in my Bible, the New King James. One of the the more prevalent ways is it's not irksome. That's that's a real common uh, translation. For me to write the same things to you is not irksome, but for you it is safe amen one translation said for me to write these things to you does not bore me and so let's make sure we're not bored amen, amen by hearing the word if it's, because because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god and faith is not just a static thing that once you get it you get it yeah. faith has to be fed constantly it has to be fed and it has to be acted on that's how it stays robust feeding it and then acting on it and uh uh, to those who hear, the more they hear, the more they will be given. So when we come, you know, we should always purpose when we come to church to hear. hear, hear what the Spirit is saying, hear and and hear with our heart, because the more we hear, the more we'll receive, more we'll be given. Amen. And then over and there's a there's a companion verse to this verse, and that's over in Second Peter, chapter uh, chapter one, Second Peter chapter one. And he said uh, in verse 12, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. So he's saying that when you remind somebody, that's something they already know. Or you wouldn't be reminding them, you'd just be teaching them. And so uh, he said, I will will remind you always. 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 I'll always remind you of these things. And to not do so would be negligent. Amen. When we... When we stray far from the core truths of our redemption, we, we become negligent. Yeah. And like Pastor referred to today, uh, uh, who was it you said that uh, uh, we, sh- we ought to teach on faith and, and healing? P.C. Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, because without faith, you can't please God. Yeah. And when it comes to healing, our, because we're redeemed and we've been bought by the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been born again, we've, we've passed from death unto life, our bodies are still mortal bodies. And that means that they're subject to death. Su- our bodies are subject to decay. And so without faith and without hearing the truth constantly and, and reestablishing the foundations and keeping ourselves strong in those truths, your body will... will uh, can easily be attacked and, and your, our bodies can become sick they shouldn't and God has we're, the, the whole redemption, the complete redemption of our body hasn 't been accomplished. that 'll happen at the, at the uh, return of the Lord Jesus when we 're called up to be with the air, it, be with him in the air, and the dead in Christ are, right, are raised we'll receive uh, a new body up until then. We have to be diligent to keep our faith working to overcome all of the curse that we 've been delivered from. Amen. So that's why he said it'd be negligent not to remind you. He said, I'm going to do this though you know and are established in the present truth. So just, you know, you can be established in a truth and it without you even being conscious, if you're not really careful and very aware, the truth that you're established in can can move out of your heart and just be a mind thing, a mental thing. Because I know people that are absolutely convinced... You could not take a, 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 you couldn't threaten them with death to deny that they know that that healing belongs to them. And yet they're sick. So being established in the truth, we have to to be, he said, though you know and are established in the present truth, I think it's right to stir you up. As long as he said, as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to stir you up. And that's, what, that's why these kind of, uh, of sessions are so important, to stir us up, to keep faith fresh, keep revelation fresh, keep it on a basis of revelation and not just mental knowledge. You cannot believe God with a renewed mind. You believe God with your spirit. Isn't that right? For with the heart, man believes, not with the mind, with the, not even the sanctified renewed mind, with the heart, man believes. But the renewed mind keeps the, the, the enemy from, from talking you out. And, and so renewed mind is, is, number one, it's commanded. Number two, it's vital because, because it's, it's, uh, it's such a protective uh, thing. But we have to keep uh, faith in our heart. heart. Faith is a heart issue. It's an inward man with the heart man believes. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, if you believe in your heart, what you say will come to pass you'll have what you say. Amen? Praise the Lord. So it's right to stir ourselves up. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do today. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want you to turn then as my text to, to Romans chapter 8. Excuse me. I don't know why I said that. Matthew chapter 8. I'm turning to, to Matthew when I said Romans. Matthew chapter 8. Hallelujah. I don't think that was the Lord trying to get me to go in a different direction. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to point out four principles uh, of healing that are revealed in the 8th chapter of Matthew. And uh, there, there may be some other principles, but I'm just going to talk about four that are very important and, uh, and just draw some, 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 uh, uh, some reminders out of these things. Amen? In verse number 1, it says, When he had come down from the mountains, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing... You can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way. Show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Uh, That is to the commandments. So of course the first thing we've already established, Pastor uh, uh, Chip today, he, he established it right at the get-go. We know that it's God's will to heal. Yeah. Now this leper didn't know this, but this is what happened to him is one of the ways we know that it's God's will to heal because Jesus was the will of God in action. Yeah. In fact, if if you go over to Hebrews chapter one verse three and, and turn there with me, it talks about Jesus being the express image. ...of God. So let's look at that. That's Hebrews chapter 1... ...verse number... ...well let's just start in verse 1. Sometimes it's... ...you don't even know where to start. You go back to catch the context... ...before you know it you're the previous chapter. Well we're not... They don't have, ...we don't have a previous chapter here... ...so we're okay. God who at various times and in various ways... ...spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets... ...has in these last days spoken to us by his Son... ...whom, we, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness, the sun was the brightness of the Father's glory, and the express image of his person. This word express image is, is pretty easily, or pretty correctly and, uh, and, and accurately uh, translated here, because the, the, the original Greek say, says it's the exact imprint. Jesus was the exact imprint of the Father, and so uh, the Wade translation—I don't know if you knew your grandchild and had, had written a translation, but the translation—but the Wade translation says that uh, he is the impact of his reality. Jesus is the impact of the Father's reality, and then in parentheses it, it says this: reproducing it as truly as the seal reproduces the signet. So when that signet ring went into the into the wax. When it was pulled back, that, that seal that was made was an exact replication of the signet ring. And he's saying that, that Jesus is the exact representation. Just like that, just like that seal repre- uh, depicts and shows what the signet looked like, Jesus is the exact impression, impression of God. The Amplified says the perfect imprint, the very image of God's character. Rotherham's translation says an exact replication of his very being. Philip's translation, which is more of a a paraphrase, says the flawless expression of the nature of God. And the 20th, the uh, translator's New Testament says he shows us exactly what God's nature is. So when Jesus said to the to this man, I will, it it didn't just refer to this man. This is an expression of Jesus' will. It is His will to heal all the time. It is His will to heal everybody of everything, no matter what. Now that doesn't mean that everybody is going to be healed. And it can, it's even possible, though Word of Faith don't, people don't like to talk about it, but it's I heard Brother Hagan say this one time. He said, pastors, you're going to have to teach healing in your church differently than you do when you're teaching to unbelievers. He said because Christians approach God on a slightly different level because we're his children. And uh, in the New Testament, uh, in 1 Corinthians, you know, it talks about some people who had, uh, who had become sick in the church. And some had even died prematurely. And, he, and it was because they wouldn't judge themselves. And uh, uh, the primary way, the primary thing they were guilty of not judging themselves in is found in the context. They weren't judging one; they weren't judging themselves in the light of being members of a body. If you go back up in that chapter, they were abusing the uh, the the Lord's Supper when they came together. Now, back then, the Lord's Supper was more of a there was a there was a a a common meal, and then there was the partaking of 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 communion. Those things kind of you know were done at the same time. They were bringing some of the they had rich people and they had poor people in the church, and and back then. Rich and poor were widely different. And uh, uh, the poor people didn't have hardly anything to eat and drink and could just bring a little. And sometimes they were even hungry, according to Paul. But the rich people, they were overindulging. They were becoming gluttonous. And he said, you know, you're, you're not honoring one another. Well, not honoring the body of Christ can bring judgment. Now, word of faith people don't like to talk about it, but it's true. It's true. He said if you would not judge yourself, then you would be judged. And when we are judged, he said, we're chastened of the Lord that we might not be, be uh, condemned of the world. That doesn't mean he'll make us sick. But what it means is he has to, he has to uh, allow the enemy access when we get on the devil's territory. If we get on the devil's territory through unbelief, or excuse me, through, through immorality, unbelief is one, one territory, uh, immorality, disobedience, just, you know, not walking in love, that's the big one, that will open the door for the devil to, to and give him access to us even though we're redeemed. So we have to be careful about living right and making sure our heart stays pure and love God with all of our heart and seek His will for our lives. I wonder, you know, for the average Christian. How many times, this is not even what I plan to say, but I just wonder how many times the average Christian, how frequently they go before the Lord and lay their life before Him and say, Lord, this, you know, this is what I'm doing, but am I on track? Am I, am I fully following you? Do you have any correction or change of direction? In my life, am I going my own way? Have I taken what you said to me maybe years ago, and I've followed it, but but I'm not really getting the course ch- uh, corrections like I should. We need to be continually not not condemning ourselves, but bringing ourselves uh, uh, into accountability. Saying, Lord, I, I I'm you know I'm I can make mistakes, and I want to know that I'm in, on the right track. I want to know I'm really serving you. What what do you want to What do you want to say to me? Search my heart. And show me where, where I, I, if I need to make changes, where I need to do it. That'll keep us right. And when we don't do that, we can get into trouble. So God's, Jesus was the, he showed exactly what God's nature is. God's nature is to heal everybody all the time. So what I started to say was, though it's God's will to heal everybody all the time, not everybody's going to be in position to be healed, particularly believers, if, if they're not... Uh, in obedience, but it doesn't change the will of God. Yeah. It's still the will of God to heal that person, even though even though they've opened the door of the devil and they've got to close that door. and They're not going to get healed, but it's still the will of God. So just because somebody's not healed doesn't mean it's not the will of God. God wills to heal every person all the time on this planet.
2: Yeah.
1: It's His will. Praise the Lord. That's comforting to know. Amen. Yeah. And and has already been pointed out too. You know, I come here to preach healing, and He preaches my message for yeah. you. What can I say? No one person, not not one person in the four Gospels was ever denied healing. Not one person that came to Jesus was ever sent away, not healed. That's that's a pretty powerful thing. uh, Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and, and with power who went about healing all. Healing all. Went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Oh, praise the Lord. It is, it is, a, it is a fundamental, very critical uh, thing to know is that it's always Jesus' will to heal you. Amen. Amen. And, and he's never changed. He's the same today as he was then. Jesus, the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 8. There's one major point that I want to get to today, but, but all of these are, are important. Uh, in verse number five, it says, Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus, excuse me, Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Again, notice it was the will of Jesus to heal. I will come. And, and, and also know that none of these people were saved. Okay, so that makes a difference. But he said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly I say to you I have not found such great faith not even in Israel. Now you would think Israel would be where you'd find faith.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> to them, to the, to the children of Israel Israel was, was given you know the, the, the uh, oracles of God and the, and the commandments and all about God's nature and what he expected out of people and he showed them his mercy repeatedly and was gracious. If anybody should have had faith it was God's people, but you know today a lot of times God's people are the are the least in faith. Even though they believed on the Lord Jesus, they don't believe on any, they don't believe anything else. And so He said, "Not even in Israel have I found the faith of this Gentile centurion, a man that wasn't even a part of Israel, didn't have a covenant of, with God. He was he was." Uh, apart, the, uh, 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 Ephesians says, apart from the covenants of God, without hope and without God in the world. And yet he had more faith than the church people did. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> but what, the thing that got the, uh, the, the centurion was he recognized the authority that Jesus spoke with. He recognized that this was a man uh, he said, I'm a man under authority. He recognized that Jesus was a man operating under authority. That what he did, he was authorized to do. Now, uh, authority by definition, this is the English de- definition, not necessarily of the Greek word, but this is the English definition of the, word of, of, uh, of the word authority. Is this the power or right, usually because of rank or office, to command to control or to determine. It's the power or right, usually because of rank or office, to command, to control, to determine. It's a warrant action. I like that. Authority is a warrant. It authorizes you for action. If you're authorized to do something, then, then you're, you're, you're authorized to take action on it. Well, the, like I said, the centurion recognized that Jesus... Had a right to do what he was doing. Had a right to speak to sickness and disease. He had a right to to uh, lay hands on this. He had a right to command the devil take his hands off of people. And uh, you know, it says in Colossians that we've been delivered from the authority of darkness. Well, you know, we were under the devil's authority because we were because at the age of accountability, all of us. Uh, disobeyed the, the, the inward witness that came that was in our, our heart because we were born and we were alive unto God. Uh, we'd, we'd, we weren't saved because we'd never been lost. But at the age of accountability, we sinned, death came, in, came into our life. And from that moment on, we were sold out to the authority of the devil. Well, the devil wasn't the original person to have authority. The first persons that had authority on the earth were Adam and Eve. They were given authority to command, to uh, uh, control, and determine what happened in their lives. They were given that authority. Well, this centurion recognized that Jesus had that same kind of authority. He recognized that. Jesus, and and this is important to note, the authority that Jesus operated in wasn't the authority that he had as the Son of God. Because it says in... in, uh, Philippians, that, that he emptied himself. And we know that the, that the proper translation of that is that he, that he... That is the proper translation, that he emptied himself. I think the regular King James says that he made himself of no reputation. It means he emptied himself. And that means that he laid aside the rights and privileges as God. Now he never laid aside his deity. He was God is God, always had been, always will be God. So at no point did he cease to be God. But he laid aside his divine rights and prerogatives as God. He wasn't, what he did, he didn't, he didn't do it authorized as God. He did it, it says the people were, were amazed that, that God had given such authority to men when he healed the sick. Jesus operated in the authority that he operated in as the Son of Man. Not the Son of God, but the Son of Man. Yeah. Look, at, look at Hebrews. Go to the second chapter of Hebrews. This is a quote from the eighth chapter of Psalms. And uh, it says in verse 6, but one has test. This is Hebrew two, six, Hebrews two, six. For, but one has testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Now, when, when David this originally in Psalm chapter 8. He's talking about humans, mankind. What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him, who? Man. Mankind. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. Not talking about Jesus. That's talking about man. Now in verse eight, he goes on to say, "For he, in that he put in subjection all things in subjection under him, nothing put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him, because Adam lost that. But we see Jesus. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels." For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for every man. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things. This is talking about his eternal Godhead, you know, in, 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 uh, in eternity past. For whom are all things, by whom are all things. It was fitting for him in making many, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. Glory to God. See, Jesus Jesus operated in the authority of Adam before the fall. And then he submitted himself on the cross to, to the suffering of death to lay down his life because you and I didn't have that authority. The, the centurion didn't have that authority. He was sold out to sin. Even the Israelites who knew the covenants of God and to, and to whom the covenants were given, they were still sold out to sin. And Jesus came and laid his life down so that those of us who, who were stripped of authority, we couldn't control anything. If you don't know Jesus, you can't control squat. I'm talking about spiritual. you can't control anything. The devil will run over us like a steamroller if we don't know our authority in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, there's no way to know it. And so people in the world are truly, truly lost. They're lost in every sense of the word. Jesus came to correct that. He came to make the captain, he became the captain of our salvation by laying down his life to bring many sons into the glory that he had. Oh, glory to God. We've been brought back into that. And now we are just as much the Son of Man as Jesus was. We're not Christ. Don't make them, I mean, that's not a flaky doctrine. But we have been brought back into relationship with God, just like Jesus was and the authority he have, we have. He had, we have. Glory to God. We, have, we are authorized to command, control, and determine our, our outcome in this planet we're authorized we're authorized to to control circumstances yeah. we're authorized to to uh, 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 defeat the devil to stop his actions against us in the physical realm in the in the medical or health realm glory to god yeah. and 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 where does our, our authority comes from who we're, who we're born into we're born into Christ. When, we, when you were saved, somehow you say, Pastor, you know how, how this happened? No, I don't understand it, but it's true. Somehow when, when I accepted the Lord Jesus and when you accept the Lord Jesus, somehow we were placed into Christ, into his death, his, his, his burial, his sufferings, his resurrection, and his ascension on high. I don't know how that happened because it happened to me in 1972. And it happened to jesus in in a d thirty two or something i don 't know how i don 't know how that happened, but it 's true because in the realm of, of the spirit, there is no time. I, you and I were joined together with Christ, and everything that 's in him is in us, everything that is him is us except head the headship we 're not the head do you know you do know you 're not the boss right yeah. <laughs> we 're not the boss praise the lord and i 'm glad because being the boss is burdensome, and i don 't need that praise the lord so so When this this centurion recognized Jesus' authority, he realized that that authority was released through words. He said, I know what authority is, and I know what it means to say and speak by authority. He recognized that Jesus' words, that's how authority is released. It's released with words. The Word of God is the highest authority there is on this planet when we speak it. Because when we speak that word, it's not just logos anymore, it's rhema. It is the spoken word of God. and it's, it's a, That's what, that's what uh, Hebrews says, the rhema of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll pierce and it'll drive sickness out of our bodies, praise the Lord. It'll drive demons out of people, glory to God. The word of God is of, is higher, has, is of higher authority than sickness. Sickness tries to boast itself. Sickness tries to say, well, this is incurable. Sickness tries to say, well, this is just too big. It's not too big. It's nothing too big for God, nothing too big for our faith. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. This, this, this authority that Jesus walked in was for the benefit of the church. His intention was to deliver mankind and bring uh, His his descendants to bring the, the fam, the, 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 his descendants back into the family of God and share that authority. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. We have authority. Amen. Hallelujah. Problem is, I don't know what time it is. I, my timer's running, but it's in the dark. It's off until it, <laughs> until it dings, and then it wakes me up. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's go on back to... to <laughs> I'm having fun. I hope you are. <laughs> Go back to Romans the eighth. I mean Matthew the eighth eighth chapter. Can't get Romans off my mind. Romans eight is a good chapter. Matthew eight. Praise the Lord. I'm getting back there. Matthew eight. Hallelujah. So in in verse fourteen. And Jesus in verse 13 told a centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, let it be done to you. And the servant was healed the same hour. Verse 14. Now when, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw that his wife, wife's mother lying sick with a fever, and he touched her hand and the fever left her. She arose and, and served them. Now this, i will just touch on this real, real quickly. This reveals the compassion of the Lord Jesus. And there's something about that touch He took her and it says he touched her. One of the other uh, synoptic gospels says that he took her by the hand. And there's something about the tenderness of the touch of Jesus. And we saw it in ministry to to the leper. It doesn't say in Matthew, but it says in one of the other uh, gospels that Jesus was moved with compassion and touched him. Because you see, no one would touch a leper. Nobody would touch a leper. They were, that, that was the most deadly, contagious disease known to man, I guess, at that time. Nobody, they were ostracized. Being ostracized is a terrible way to live. It's a, it's a heartbreaking way to live, to be a cast out. Now, nobody wants to even be around you. And you have to, you have, there's this stigma. You, praise the Lord. <laughs> it's a warning, I've got a few minutes. Praise the Lord. So Jesus was moved with compassion to touch that, to touch that leper. Well, Jesus was also moved with compassion on on Peter's mother-in-law, and that touch—it was a touch of compassion. And uh, hallelujah! This is interesting too. Just because you're sick doesn't mean you've sinned. Yep. Just because you're sick doesn't mean you've sinned. I don't know anything about Peter's mother-in-law, but something tells me she was probably all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not guessing that Peter's mother-in-law was a a, a rough woman. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, she had been around uh, Peter and the rest of the disciples. You know, all of the disciples were devout men. They were they were upright according to the law. They weren't they weren't sloths. You know, they were they were trying to live right. Jesus selected some people. You know, who was it, Nathan or or, or one of them? He said, "An Israelite in whom uh, there's no guile." You know, so these were upright men. Well, you get that from your parents generally. Well, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So just because you're sick doesn't mean anything. It's still the work of the devil and you can be healed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is the, uh, there's a lot of things you can talk about compassion, but I, I'm going to slip on over. Oh, thank God for this compassion. It's never ending. <laughs> Hallelujah. So back to the 8th chapter of, 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 of uh, Matthew here. Verse uh, 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now it, it's this, this particular version of it Matthew's version it says that uh, he healed many who were demon possessed were healed and uh, he cast out the spirits with word and healed all who were sick well if you if you go and put Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel together if you put all three of them together which I'm not going to take to read the other two versions but if you put them together I, I, I compiled These descriptions from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I want you to to get the full impact of what the Word of God says about this particular situation in in that evening. Said, When evening, at evening, when the sun had set, this is direct King James, uh, New King James, nothing else added. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases, brought them to him. That means everybody in Capernaum who had anybody who was sick brought them. Okay? And uh, the whole city was gathered together at the door. So, you know, I, I, I think that's saying that there wasn't anybody not there. I think they were all there. The whole city was there. And that means all the sick people were there in the entire, in the entire city. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. See, that he laid his hands on them, I think that's brought out in Luke, if I'm not mistaken. Do you suppose, do you suppose that there was maybe one rank, undeserving sinner in that crowd? In that whole city? You, do, you, do you suppose there might have been one jerk? I mean, one just really... Bad person that you wouldn't want anything to do just one in that whole city you know there was would you think would you think maybe that there was possibly somebody in that in that crowd of I'm talking about of the sick people do you think there was one sick person or or one demon possessed person who wasn't worthy you know you don't typically get demon possessed by going to Sunday school most churches that is most. most churches in other words, it's one thing to be oppressed by the devil, but it's another thing to be demon possessed. Well, if a person is demon possessed, they've given in to some things. They've, been, they've willingly surrendered to some things. So, demon possessed people are not of the greatest moral class. Not one demon possessed person did, did, uh, did Jesus say, yeah, No way, you're too bad. Not, there was not one flaky, there was not a person there who was flaky enough to get healed did not get healed and when it says Jesus laid his hands on every one of them, that means he looked them in the eye. Yeah. I was talking to Pastor Chip yesterday I think, and, and talking about one time when I was sitting in one of Brother Hagan's class when I first gone to, to Rama and I'd been following Brother Hagan's teachings for about you know uh, well six years I guess. and uh, all of my friends and we just we just revered Brother Hagan. he was like. No one else. And I remember being on the front row, and I'd taken, when he made a joke about healing school, uh, I only went three times, that's the truth, because I took my son, and he was four years old, and he made such a racket, and it was in a small setting, a little small classroom, you know, and he made such a racket that I was so embarrassed, I went three times, and I never went back. And, uh, but I was so, I was so concerned because Brother Hagin is is this close to me. And uh, I didn't even want him to look at me. Because he's looked at me very much, I start I start praying in tongues, you know. So he "What's good? Is there anything, Lord?" You know, it's one thing to, for Brother Hagin to look you in the eyes when he's under the anointing. It's another thing for Jesus. He laid his hands on every single sick person, every single demon possessed person. Now I know he wasn't looking at them as God, but he was he was looking at them at like the as the uh, the prophet of God fully anointed by the Holy Ghost gifts of, of revelation operated in him to the maximum that they could in a, in, a, in a human being he looked at every one of those people and not one of them stood out as being unqualified now they were unqualified none of us in ourselves are qualified wages of sin or death and, and a lot of things come with that these were all unsaved people but Not one of them did Jesus say, you know, you sit over here. Meet me. I want to talk to you later. After (laughs) I want to have a word with you. I want to help you, but you need to be taken aside. Because everybody does need to hear what I'm about to say. Not one person. Now you know in that crowd, in that one city, and we know this. I'm not going to get to all these passages, but there's several times in in the New Testament, in the Gospels where people came from large regions, Jerusalem, Judea, what's how do you pronounce that? Adoninian or something like that. One of those areas from Decapolis and from all around, came from everywhere, multitudes. And we know what a multitude is. A multitude is at least probably 20,000 people because it said one time the smallest was 5,000 who were fed, not counting women and children. So you know they had, you know, large families. and so A multitude is a large group of people that came from everywhere. Multiple times he healed them all. One time it says all of this multitude sought to touch him and as many as touched him were made healed. Well to touch him you got to get close. You had to get closer than I was to Brother Hagan. Yeah. <laughs> Not one person. Now you know there were murderers in that crowd. Yeah. Yes they were. Maybe maybe not physically, maybe the, the murderers who had been actually committed murder were in jail, but they thought about it and murder in their heart. You know there were liars in that crowd. There had to be. Yeah. You know there were people that were sleeping with people that they, they weren't married to. You know, you know there were. You know there were thieves. Okay, I'm getting the point, right? Yeah. Not that you're like any of those people. <laughs> but don't you think, <laughs> don't you think there was somebody in that crowd like you I'm going to be a little bolder. Don't you think there was somebody in that crowd as flaky as you are sometimes? (laughs) Sometimes. Because, see, one of the biggest things the devil will try to do to keep you from being healed is remind you of your faults and failures and convince you you really don't have stature, you don't really have status, you really don't, you can't really come into God's presence because he's not really happy with you. The devil tells us all that. I'm telling you, there was somebody like you in that crowd. I'm telling you that there was somebody worse than you in that crowd. Not one of them did Jesus again. Did he take aside and say, uh, "He's laying hands on all these people and Capernaum. You got, uh-oh. <laughs> a friend of mine went, went with me to Atlanta one time to one of Brother Hagan's little mini camp meetings, and uh, he was there with Norval Hayes and and somebody else. And uh, my friend was a pastor, and he went up for healing. And he came back. He was so discouraged. He said, "Brother Hayden's laying hands on people." And he came to him. And he said, "Uh oh, <laughs> my my my!" And then he said, "You know, you're in the mental realm. You know, you get out of the mental realm." And they went to the next guy. He came back. and, he's, and I didn't hear it. He came back and he and he said, "Brother Hayden just rebuked me." <laughs> Do you suppose if you were in that crowd, maybe you might qualify for being rebuked?
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. He they still got healed. Every single one of them got healed. Now again, that's why I said what I said at the beginning. It's not that God is, is soft on sin. He's not. As believers, if we have sin in our life, willful, willful disobedience, and mostly over time, not just a little incident, mostly over time, if we're in willful, willful disobedience, that can open the door for the devil. And Paul said you've got to close that door. But the point is, if you had been in one of these meetings where Jesus healed them all, I'm not talking about somebody else that looked like you. If you had been in that meeting, you would have been healed.
2: Yeah.
1: Not, no, not, not, a, not a better version of you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You. Yeah.
1: Not a more sanctified version of you. Not a, more, not a more faith-filled version of you. I'm talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. You would have been healed. Now I know that when Jesus healed the masses... He laid hands on them and he ministered by the anointing. That's the only way all of those people could have been healed. Is he what? They weren't coming on the basis of their faith. He was ministering how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about healing all because he was anointed with that power. He simply ministered healing power. Yeah. And so that's not the same thing as being healed by faith. When people know more, more is required. Yeah. So don't just think, well, Jesus is just going to heal me because He loves me no matter what. No, if you know something, you're going to have to act on it. You know, the woman who came with the, with the issue of blood, she had heard of Jesus. The, the the blind man had heard of Jesus. Two blind men that were waiting, they had, in the ninth chapter of Matthew, they had heard about Him. Well, what had they heard? That He was healing people. The woman with the issue of blood, she had heard. In fact, one of the translations says... Uh, uh, when she had heard of Jesus, it says when she had heard the report of Him, because that heard is the same usage over in Romans, that you know that, uh, about hearing the report of the Lord, uh, said that it, it brought out that she heard the report when she had heard the report about Jesus. So faith comes by hearing the Word, hearing the report. Well, because she had faith, she was healed on the basis of her faith. He he told her, he said, woman, he said, it wasn't my anointing that healed you. Your faith healed you. The touch of faith. And and same thing with the the two blind men. They had heard about him, so they had faith in his healing, and they followed him from afar. But when they came to him, Jesus said to them, according to your faith be it uh, unto you. Isn't that right? So so don't think you don't have to have faith. The point is, everyone was healed. Mm -hmm. When he was ministering by the anointing, if you had been there, you would have been healed in your condition, with your need, with your level of, of, of piety or lack thereof or whatever, you would have been healed because Jesus is a merciful healer. His mercy, like, again, that was in my notes and you took that one away too, that He, he, that, that he delights in mercy and His mercy is over all His works. It's over everything He does. Thank you, Pastor. It's over everything He does. Mercy is over all His works. It's abundant in mercy. Fully gracious, disposed to show favors. Oh, thank God. That's his heart. So really, uh, the, 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 the thing is, try to live right. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, was in a meeting, I was in a meeting one time with Lester Sumrall. I was so excited to get to hear Lester Sumrall. And it was in one of the churches in Jacksonville I was telling you about. They had some different speakers. And, and I came that night, and Lester Sumrall, basically the only thing he said that night was, Well, try to live a good life. That was kind of the summary of his message, and I went away. Well, certainly, you know, I'd had to come here for that. So it's important to live a good life. And and it doesn't take all the faith in the world. It just takes simply believing the Bible and acting on it because it is God's unquestioned will to heal everybody all the time, even people like you. (laughs) Even people like me can expect Jesus to heal. Oh, glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, my, my, my. (laughs) Jesus is go good. Oh, God is so good. Father, let's just stand and just give him praise for a few minutes. See if there's anything else he wants to do. Father, we're just so grateful today. We love you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you for redemption. You've redeemed us out of every tongue and people and nation all over the world. Hallelujah. We're so grateful, grateful, grateful that we're redeemed. We've been purchased and freed. We're free, 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 free from the curse of the law. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. We love you so much. We love you so much. Lord Jesus, wonderful, wonderful Savior, wonderful Redeemer, wonderful Savior. Oh, sweet Jesus, wonderful Lord, Master, our Master. Glory to God, our Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us, for healing us, delivering us. Thank you for giving us a future that we could never have had. A destiny. We were destined for darkness, destined for the torments of hell. No way out, no claim. be free because we were guilty Jesus you came into our lives brought us out of that destruction delivered us from the from the future that was ours and gave us a new future in your presence in the presence of our father around your throne father around your throne Lord Jesus forever and ever and ever oh thank you master glory to God thank you for your healing power being made manifest in these mortal bodies, that your spirit gives life to these mortal bodies, quickens us, glory to God, gives us strength to go forward in health in life, in and life and victory, to complete your plan for our lives. We will complete your plan. We will fulfill the plan of God on our life. We will fulfill the ministries that you've given us. Glory to God. We will hear. Well done, good and, 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 and faithful servant. We will hear it. By your grace, not by anything that, that we can, can, can uh, stir up ourselves, but by your grace and help. Father, you're so good. Thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. Would anybody like prayer today for? Healing. i know if you were here this morning already asked but you want to come hallelujah there was somebody like you there there was somebody like you there glory to god isn't that good glory to god hallelujah you know none of us can can claim to to get it right all the time nobody but jesus didn't turn anybody away but for us he just says come in faith did you come in faith yes sir. you're going to receive your healing yes sir. amen what's wrong been
2: having a problem with Nathan. Yeah. Heart.
1: heart yeah. a few
0: years
2: ago. Yeah. Since been getting more frequent. Yeah. And at the point of having to something. Yeah. And uh, it's just to Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it's not happening right now, but it, no, comes, it comes and goes. Yeah. It goes. Hallelujah. So, uh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We, t- oh, we <laughs> thank you for your healing virtue flowing into him, Father, as he as he lifts his faith to you. That healing flows into his body right now, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Everything about his respiratory system, his heart, lungs—all that entire uh, inner workings of those things—healing flow into him now. Glory to God! Open arteries. Hallelujah! Strengthen the heart muscle. Restore the normal patterns. Uh, of of heart rhythm and so forth, Father, make it completely whole. We believe, we receive Jesus' name now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Thank you Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you for, for, for coming out today. Praise the Lord. It's been such a, a blessing to me to be here and to, and to just be a, a part of your church. What a wonderful church family. Glory to God. Thank you. Pastors for inviting invited. Praise the Lord. Bless you.
0: Praise God. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Yes, he is. So we can Whew. summarize the message today that um, you all are terrible people and God will heal you. <laughs> 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 yeah, thank God.
2: <laughs> thank God.
0: That's the funniest thing. a great message. <laughs> You know, the Lord is so good. Amen. Yes, he is, <laughs> he is yes. so good. Uh, you know, you just, you just really got to try hard to mess it up with the Lord. Amen. Yeah, that's right. And that's he right. was so compassionate. That's right. Uh, and so kind to us. Amen. Uh, and so uh, that was a, a great word, Pastor. That was, the, it was really encouraging. Amen. Uh, of course, this morning he called you what, uh, uh, what, what was the word that he used? Backsliders, what'd you call us? A heifer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you call us heifers this morning and terrible people, <laughs> so what's that? Yeah, it was. <laughs> so praise God. Uh, you know, it's just uh, uh, the, thi- the thing about healing, you know, uh, uh, uh Donald G, you remember, you remember Donald G, oh, yeah. right? Uh, of course, I never Not heard him that speak. Old, but- uh, well, yeah, we've heard of, we've heard of him, right? He, he was well respected in uh in the pentecostal circles yeah. he was a president of of a pentecostal college in england and uh, but he wrote a book one time called uh, trophy is sick and in that book and you know, he he was uh highly regarded in a pentecostal circles but he said that it was a fanatical idea to believe that god always wants to heal everybody and in fact he he was excoriating the church you yeah. need to get rid of that fanatical idea yeah uh, and and, uh, and he was incorrect he, he was he was wrong in that statement right because it doesn't, there's no Bible, you know, his whole premise was that one verse that Trophimus was left sick, and, and his observation was there's many sick people in the church, so therefore God must not want to heal them, and, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, we're thankful that we have more light in yeah. these doctrines yeah, uh, yeah. today than, than, they had, you know, that was 50 or 60 years ago, uh, but it, it but uh, if you can ever get it set on your heart that God's desire is to heal you every yeah. single time, amen, yeah. regardless of, of, if you were at fault and brought the sickness yeah, up on your own right. life, right. Yeah. how many times did He say, "Oh, uh, well, be be forgiven, and then I'll still heal you." Amen. Yeah, uh, it was never an issue for the Lord to that's to right. heal people. Amen. That's right. That's uh, right. It, it, it wasn't a a a need to qualify yourself to be healed. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and so that was a uh, that was a great message. Yeah, you know, there had to have been somebody at least as bad as you yeah. in that city, right? <laughs> 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 All you terrible people, right? <laughs> Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Well, well, Amen. Uh, well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. Amen. <laughs> uh, we are going to sow in, into the, the ministry of, of uh, Pastor Edwin and Angela uh, Anderson's ministry and what God has called them to do. Amen. Everything we receive today will go into their ministry, uh, and it's an honor to 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 uh, give to the Lord, and it's honor to sow into other people's lives and their ministries. Amen. And so we're thankful that the Lord has provided us with the funds to be able to do that. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for the opportunity thank to give. You. So, Father, we thank you. It's an honor to give. We thank you, Father, uh, that you've provided blessings to us. And so, Father, with thankful and cheerful thank hearts, you. we give into your kingdom. And, Father, we call this offering blessed in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, thank that you. it go and increase and multiply according to the need that they have to complete all the, the, the call that you've placed upon their life to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So, Father, we thank you for that. We call this offering blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen, amen, amen.
0: Well, praise God. Uh, come ahead, Mr. Deer. They're, they're going to uh, uh, head back to uh, High Springs in the morning, right? Uh, and it's about an eight-hour drive, uh, depending on how many times you have to stop, right? Uh, and so um, I'm pretty sure that uh, when I, w- I was down there uh, that uh, I made it back in record time because I'm I think I've got a traffic ticket at home from Florida. <laughs> I haven't opened it up yet to see what it says, but it's it looks pretty ominous, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. The Lord will still heal me, Amen. Yeah, that's right. For <laughs> the traffic ticket, that's so right. <laughs> well, praise God. We'll be sure to greet the uh, Pastor Edwin and Miss Angela before they head out today. And, and uh, you all have a wonderful afternoon. You're dismissed. Praise